following program is intended for mature audiences. The time is now for the hardest hitting, yet completely trivial, football show on the planet. You are in rarefied territory. Ladies and gentlemen, well, well to the broken helmet. Let's rock. Coming to you live on tape late on this Sunday, December 19th, week 15, game day. It is Rich Eggie here with the Broken Helmet. Chris Eggie, my brother, who usually does the gambling podcast, will not be with us today. Holidays has come in on full force, has tied up many of people, including him. He's got in-laws in. He's finishing up all the shit he's got to do for uh, for Christmas. And as am I, and which is why I'm so late getting the abbreviated one-man gambling podcast off and recorded currently because I, too, have been running around like an absolute madman trying to finish up everything before it's all said and done. And while we originally were talking, my brother and I, about recording the podcast earlier in the week, on top of having a lot of stuff to do personally for the holidays, the other big issue in tow was the fact that the NFL right now is an absolute train wreck. It's not even a car crash. It's a train wreck. Not a car wreck. It's a train wreck. Big, giant, two trains coming down the pike. Somebody hit the signal the wrong way. They've gotten on the same track, and now they have absolutely locked up. I don't know. What are the headlights? They don't even have headlights. They have lights. They've actually locked on each other, and here they come down the block, and away we go with nothing but injuries and COVID and everything out the wazoo. And it just made it really tough on Tuesday, Wednesday to even talk about these games. These games are almost impossible to talk about now with all the shit that has gone on. And now they've just rescheduled everything. Now they've rescheduled everything a day or two ago, but it's been flowing. And you... I mean, it wouldn't be shocking to see things with just hours from game time get rescheduled yet again. Who knows? It is a mess. It does seem like what they've done currently will uh, alleviate the pressure on some of these teams, especially you look at the Rams game. The Rams now are activating people off of the COVID-19 list um, instead of putting them on, which is a good thing. But as everybody knows at this point, They changed everything around the Saturday schedule, which was supposed to feature the Colts and the Patriots and the uh, Rams Seahawks. No, Eagles. I I don't know. One of the the games that was was the Browns, whatever the hell it was, uh, the other game, because I don't know what it was now. I don't have. And the Browns Raiders has now been punted to Monday Night Football. Um, That game, I believe, begins without looking at the schedule offhand. I think they're doing that one uh, at 7 o'clock, and then the actual game at 8.20. Um, I will pull that up as I vamp here. But then they kicked two other games, the Eagles-Washington football team and the Rams-Seahawks. That game gets punted to Sunday. Those games will both be played at the same time, and that will be 7 o'clock on Tuesday. So now you've got two Monday night football games and two Tuesday night football games. If you're interested in watching the Tuesday night football games, I will tell you that unless you have the direct ticket, you will have to go to your local hood neighbor local neighborhood local neighborhood bar your neighborhood bar your local bar whatever bar adjective i'd like to tack on there you'd have to go there and watch it because due to the fact that these would be actual sunday direct ticket games they are only going to be offered in local markets and anybody outside the local markets will have to watch it at some kind of venue playing it probably a bar restaurant which i mean I know. I don't want to push you guys to do anything you don't want to do because as somebody who still goes out to the bars and restaurants to go pound a couple of beers and watch these games, I understand football does not drive foot traffic the way it once did because by the Monday night and the Thursday night showings this year, nobody gives a shit. But if you want to watch football on Tuesday, you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to put on your big boy pants and actually go out and go to a bar and watch the game. I know, heaven forbid, it's a terrible thing to do. (laughs) 
but you're going to have to do it. And all your little tykes in your 20s that just like to stay home and play Call of Duty and Fortnite and whatever else, you're going to have to put it down and you're actually going to have to see people. I'm sorry. I know. It's fucking, it's so torturing to do that to somebody. But yes, you're going to have to go out if you want to watch these Tuesday night games to your local bars. And they would love your patronage. They would love for you to come there and give them some money while you sit there and enjoy some good Tuesday night football, which I doesn't exist in, except for situations like this. As for the Monday night games, you are going to have the Browns Raven, or, sorry, Browns Raiders. That game's actually at 5 o'clock. And then you're going to have the Monday night game at 8.15. The Browns Raiders game shows that it's going to be NFL Network. So without checking right now in the moment, I believe you might be able to watch that if you are an NFL Network subscriber. So you might not have to go and torture yourself with a five o'clock beer at your local bar if you want to see that game. Obviously, if you are in the Las Vegas or Cleveland areas, you're going to get that game anyway. So, like I said, it has been a crazy week trying to get everything ready here, but here we are. We have two games already in the books. You had the Chiefs Chargers on Thursday night, which was an excellent, excellent Thursday night game. It really was phenomenal to watch. And the Chiefs there looking dead in the water. Uh, just had a monster comeback. Travis Kelsey, everybody knows, especially fantasy owners. Oh, fantasy owners. So, I mean, all night long. Pat Mahomes owners, all night long. I mean, you, you couldn't stop those two from throwing up points, which was crazy because at halftime, they looked dead in the water. And then all of a sudden, the second half came along, and this monster comeback, which just tallied up tons of yardage and fantasy points. And the Chiefs end up netting the win on the road versus the Chargers. It was a score of 34-28, to 28, good for a cover, and the 62-point total was an over. So that's how the first game started. And then last night you had the Colts hosting the Patriots. The Colts victorious in that one, 27-17. 10 points was good for the cover, and the 44 points... <laughs> Was an under. So the Patriots in that game, I mean, it, it basically was 14 nothing right out of the gate when the uh, the Colts came down, drove, got the touchdown, turned around, then blocked the punt for a touchdown. A block punt touchdown. I mean, you never see these things sometimes. Uh, and But you, you saw them on Saturday night against the Patriot teams who were sitting in the top spot of the AFC prior to the game. But... Mind blown, the Colts came in, did it with 50 yards passing, 50-something ah! yards passing. I mean, it was pretty crazy. I Carson Wentz doubters, there you go. Um, the game right there in your face. The Patriots locked up Carson Wentz and held him to, fifth. I think, 57 total was what it was without having the stats in front of me. But it was all about Jonathan Taylor. I believe he had a buck 50-plus. I think 170 I saw, two touchdowns. And it was all Jonathan Taylor in that one. Good enough for the win. And we will get to, in first down, we'll go through. We're going to change things up a little bit this year, this week. This, usually the gambling podcast goes first down, we go through all of our stats from our gambling weeks past, then game uh, down two, we end up doing the top couple of games, third down ends up being all the rest of the games, and then fourth down is our gambling picks. And we're going to change it up this week because it's just too screwy to do it that way. So week one, we will revisit the standings a little bit, uh, week one. First down, I'm, I'm racing here as we're getting so close to game time. But first down, we are going to look at all of the standings currently. The second down will be the injury report. We'll look at that. That way I don't have to touch on it during each one of the picks. And then third down will be the games themselves. And then fourth down, I will give the gambling picks. And I will try to uh, annotate those with time codes so that you can just pick those in the notes of the podcast should you just want to go to a specific section, probably the gaming section. For the three people that listen, uh, it's probably the only thing you want to hear. But anyway, uh, that is how we're going to run it down this week. And then next week, when if I can get my brother uh, on the pod again, or if you know it's a little more normalcy, I will do a full rundown of 
at least our stats for the past two weeks. We were good last week. We hit a whole ton. My brother was on fire. I was as well. Uh, I, but everybody was. It was a lot of a lot of chalk last week, and it showed up in the results. Uh, not sure what's going to happen this week. I know that I, it looks like I am look, going with a lot of chalk ahead of time. My brother is not going with as, as with as much as I am. Uh, however, but that's what it's looking like ahead of time. So that's what we're going to do. So let's hop in it right now, and we'll go right into first down. First down. First down. And we'll check out the playoff situation. So we've got two games in the books. So we have a little bit of uh, clairvoyance. Is that the right word, right? You can see ahead of time. Um, into what the postseason is going to look like right now. So... As of today, with the Chiefs' win and the Patriots' loss, one through four in the conference looks like this. Kansas shitty. Kansas shitty. Kansas shitty! <laughs> sitting atop the AFC at 10 and 4. Uh, the Tennessee Titans then move up into second with a record of 9 and 4. The Patriots, with that loss, slide all the way down to 3. And then the Baltimore Ravens are sitting at 4. Three wild cards are left after that, and they will go to the Indianapolis Colts, who shoot all the way up to the first wild card spot with that victory. Then you have the Chargers who lost that game versus the Chiefs and then sitting all the way behind them oddly enough is the Bills who did so great earlier in the year and it's been a mix and match, ever mix mosh ever since. Win one, lose one, win one, lose one, etc, etc, etc. They sit at 7-6. and six. So behind all of those teams right now so 7-6 and six right now is currently the third wild card and then behind them you have the Browns at 7-6, and six, Bengals at 7-6 Broncos at 7-6 and the Steelers at 6-6-1. Six, six, and one. If you want to throw in the two other teams, you also have the Raiders and Dolphins at 6-7. Six, and seven. But like I said, you have a whole ton of people there uh, in Week 15 that are just sitting, chomping at the bit to try to get into the playoffs here. And they're all tied up at 7-6 and six or 6-7. Six and seven. Obviously, Steelers got that one tie in there versus the Lions in that crazy week uh, where Roethlisberger was out. So, uh, And that's how the AFC looks. Now let's flip over to the NFC. 1-4 through four in the NFC are... The Packers at 10 and 3, Cardinals at 10 and 3, Buccaneers at 10 and 3. So 1, 2, and 3, all tied up at 10 and 3, with the Packers claiming the tiebreakers currently. Team number four is the Cowboys, who were sitting really pretty and have battled a little bit of adversity coming out of, I believe it was their bye week, um, where the performance is just not up to snuff as they were earlier in the season. Remember, they, they could have had two big wins versus the, uh, well, no, it was the Patriots. Patriots could have had two big wins, one versus uh, the Cowboys. But um, the Cowboys end up at 9-4, and four, sitting in the fourth spot, and they just have not had everything firing on all cylinders, as they say. Cliché monster! <laughs> Um, as they did earlier in the season. However, they do have one player in Micah Parsons who everybody and their fucking brother is talking about now. You know, the Giants, go fuck yourself for not drafting this guy because what you needed was defensive help and he was sitting right there. And you trade down, he's still sitting there, and you grab Kadarius Tony anyway who hasn't even played. Sorry, my New York Giant fan injecture of the moment. Injecture? Is that a moment? word? I just made it one. Fuck it. So, the wild cards for the NFC in the three spots are the Rams at 9-4, and four, so they're sitting pretty, because the next down is the 49ers at 7-6, and six, so there's a two-game difference there. Now, if anything, the Rams sitting at 9-4 and four could put pressure on the Cardinals for the division lead, since they're only one game ahead of them at 10-3. and three. So, Rams at 9-4, and four, 49ers at 7-6, and six, and the third wild card spot, believe it or not, is the Washington football team. That's right. Tyler Heineke and the Washington football team at 6-7. and seven. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Tyler Heineke ended up getting knocked for COVID just recently, if I just saw that either yesterday or today. So let's put it in the Google machine. Tyler Heineke... And let's see, I think he got knocked out. COVID-19 tracker, Taylor Heineke, 19 hours ago. Uh, he did pop, and I don't see anything that he is going to be back on the field. So uh, Friday, Washington added Tyler Heineke on the list, and Garrett Gilbert is in line to potentially start if they can't clear him. That game is going to be on Tuesday, so we have a little bit of time to see if that uh, actually happens. So... 
Washington football team sitting in the third wild card spot at six and seven, losing their starting quarterback to COVID nineteen for a game that we have two days to get to. So a little bit of time to see if they can piece it together. Otherwise, like I just mentioned, it's going to be free agent Garrett Gilbert in line to start for them. So sitting behind the football team, trying to get into that last uh, wild card spot or the next to last wild card spot. Look, the Rams right there are nine and four, pretty locked in, so they're good. But the other teams sitting behind them, Minnesota Vikings, six and seven, Eagles, six and seven, Falcons, six and seven, Saints, six and seven. Uh, and that's basically it. You want to throw in the five and eight teams, there's two of them. You got the Panthers at five and eight and the Seahawks at five and eight. I I, I think right now I don't know. I mean, five and eight, you're kind of live, actually. You know, because six and seven, you're going to have to get through all of those six and seven teams. But you know, it'll clear itself out uh, over the next couple of weeks if, if whether or not those teams are actually in it. I would say they're probably not. But man, you just never know. You do have a couple of tough games this week, and that Seahawks team at five and eight is playing the Rams on the road in Los Angeles. So they could be five and eight to five and nine, and that would basically be a done deal. So I think that these teams and the Panthers today are also on the road and they're facing off against the Bills. You could probably chalk that up to a loss. And so if you get a loss for the Bill Panthers, that is, a loss for the Seahawks, that would move those teams to five and nine and that would basically knock them out for the season. So anyway, like I said, uh, behind the Washington football team for that last spot, you have all these teams at six and seven. Vikings, Eagles, Falcons, Saints. So there you go. So that's how it's lining up for the wild card and the divisions. If you want to break it down to the divisions, let's hop over that way and we'll do the AFC East. You got the Patriots at nine and five. The only pressure that will be put on them could be the Bills at seven and six. They get a win today versus the Panthers. That'll mean they're eight and six and they're one game out. The AFC North is a complete shit show. It is the Ravens at eight and six facing off against the Packers today and the Ravens just lost Jimmy Smith. So their cornerback is going to be out. So they could be eight and five going to eight and six. And then you have the Browns, Bengals, and Steelers all at uh, six losses. Obviously the Steelers have that tie, but you have right Browns seven and six, Bengals seven and six, Steelers six and six. So should those teams all win, they you could all see a big monster tie up there. Obviously Steelers sitting in the last because of the tie. So the AFC North is uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Ravens were looking good for a while, but now with that secondary being as uh, you know. Uh, injured and fucked up as it's become um, as they've lost these players. I, You know, it, it's going to be a grind for them to finish this out. Not to mention their offense has not been playing well. Lamar Jackson has a banged-up ankle. He was questionable to go today. I just saw on Fantasy Life uh, that he is going to be a go, so he will be playing today, but he's battling the ankle. Their secondary is battling everything, so that entire division is live. Go over to the AFC South. You have the Titans and the Colts right now. The Titans at 9-4. and four. The Colts at 8-6. and six. So there is a two-game difference. However, two games could be one should the Titans fall today on the road in Pittsburgh. A game that Pittsburgh needs. So Indianapolis could become one game shy of taking the lead there. I don't have the tiebreakers, but again, they have one game still out. So you can revisit that after this week. The AFC West is locked up. It's the Kansas City Chiefs and nobody else. Over to the NFC and we'll check out the NFC East. The Cowboys are sitting atop at 9-4. There's nobody else. The a- the NFC North are the Green Bay Packers at 10-3. and three. Nobody else. The NFC South is the Buccaneers and nobody else. They're 10-3 and three too. And the West is the Cardinals at 10-3 and three, and they're going to have to fight off the push of the Los Angeles Rams who are one game behind at 9-4. and four. Like I said, the Rams will We'll be playing a Tuesday night game against the Seahawks. And if you want to uh, ask about the Cardinals, they have a much easier game as they are going to be facing off against the Lions in Detroit. Now, obviously, the Cardinals did lose DeAndre Hopkins for the year with his knee injury. He could be back for the NFC Championship or the Super Bowl. That's still left to be seen. But they're going to have to do the rest of the season here without them and fight off the Rams. Obviously, the Rams have dealt with their own injuries in the wide receiving core as they lost Bobby Trees for the season. Uh, as he went down, they rolled in Odell Beckham the week before, so they got a little bit of luck in that regard. Uh, but they still have to put it together here and fight off injuries, COVID, the whole nine. So that is the playoff situation along with 
the conferences and the divisions. Well, the divisions by the conference standing. So we did the conference review and the division review. So let's head on over to the injury report. Second down. Second down. And I'm going to fly through these in no particular order, so you're going to have to listen to your teams and find out what it is. This is going to be the easiest way to do this because if I try to do this as I go through the games, I mean, it's just not going to work out. It's a pretty crazy uh, week here, especially with COVID and the rest. Actually, let me do that. Let me pull up Fantasy Life as I do this. Um, again, I should have done this beforehand. That way I don't sound like a fucking asshole trying to do this on the fly. But hey, um, it, this is just what it is uh, when you're doing an at-home podcast for the fun of it and uh, with uh, limited time uh, and uh, availability. So, uh, But I think I have everything good. We will see. Here we go. A Washington football team, the Eagles, obviously the uh, uh, where is it? That's the other game. This is not the way to start. Again, and I, I can't. I'm not even hitting the right buttons anymore. But I'm going to read the uh, Washington Football Team, Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, injury report to come because that's late. So let's start with the Cardinals and the Lions. That sounds more like it. Okay, congratulations, Rich, for getting your act together and putting the fire under your ass and finally getting a move on. So the Cardinals right now are going to be without DeAndre Hopkins. We just covered that. James Conner, he is going to be good to go. He uh, obviously battling ankle injury late in last week's game, but he is going to play today, and they are getting Chase Edmonds back. So they are actually going to have the two wide uh, running backs in the backfield. That obviously has an impact on Connor's fantasy value because last week, and for the good part of the season, he has really lit it up and been a steal for the Cardinals and fantasy owners. Uh, today, however, there is a question. Not only is he got had the injury, but he also is going to have to be splitting time with Edmonds, which could be a rough go for him. Uh, Zach Ertz has a hamstring injury. Justin Pugh has an ankle injury. So you have some questionables there uh, along with Connor. As for the Lions, DeAndre Swift is out. He is a no-go. So their running back who had a good season up until a couple of weeks ago will miss, I believe it is his second game in a row. Could be his third game in a row. But he is out today. That is for sure. So the Panthers-Bills. Uh, for the Panthers, you have their cornerback, A.J. Bowie. He is out. No good. And then for questionable, you have a couple of injuries and significant. You have some along the offensive line, Michael Jordan and John Miller. Uh, they're both uh, injured, one with a hamstring, one with an ankle. And then DJ Moore. DJ Moore has a hamstring injury, so he is on the questionable mark. Over on the Bills side of things, you have Emmanuel Sanders, who is out. I should have waited a hot second before I plowed over my own voice with my own uh, sound machine here. But yeah, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, like I said, out. That's how it should have went. And he's got the knee injury. But that's about it for that game. Falcons and 49ers. We will head over the 49ers. Big injury out of this one is that Elijah Mitchell is going to be a no-go. Concussion and a knee injury will keep him on the side long. Side, side long? What the hell is a side long, Rich? I don't fucking know. I just fumbled. Uh, the linebacker, Dre Greenlaw, is also out. But he's been out quite a bit. Questionable or doubtful. So this is also leaning toward a no-go. Is linebacker Aziz Al Shahir, Shahir, whatever you know the guy. He came in. He's replaced all of their other linebackers that have been out. Fred Warner, obviously most notable, but Al Shahir has had monster tackles over the past couple of weeks. And if you are in an IDP league, you know this all too well because he has lit things up with you know 15 tackles, 17 tackles. He's been a Point monster. Anyway, he is doubtful for today. So another big injury for the 49ers. And then you have other injuries in the secondary. Jaquiz Tart, uh, he is actually, he is questionable with a glute. Hate it with my glute glute hurts, uh, and he's questionable to go. Uh, as for the Falcons, nothing really. So everything on this side of the f- football here is going to be on the 49ers sideline in regards to their injuries. Bengals at the Broncos. The Bengals have a couple of injuries uh, that are of note. Logan Wilson, he is the linebacker. He played pretty well. He's out with a shoulder. And then Riley Reef. 
mm-hmm. offensive tackle. He is out with an ankle, and he looks to probably be gone for the rest of the season. And so they are going to have, uh, I think it's Akeem Adeneji. You want to fire Michael and uh, Samir and give me a raise? Um, so, yeah, uh, whatever his name is, he's uh, going to be in there. So the Broncos, they have uh, to be announced listed, uh, all of these according to CBS Sportsline. So to be announced. That's solid uh, prep work by yours truly. You, my friend. You are a stupid asshole. That's exactly what he is. But I live with it and I own it. So on to the next game. You have the Seahawks and Rams. That is the Tuesday night game. Uh, revisit that closer to Tuesday. Packers-Ravens, here it is. So here you got the big game here, especially for the Ravens. Packers, probably not so much. The Packers are going to be out. David Bakhtiari, he's got the knee injury. He's still, I mean, he was supposed to come back now four or five weeks ago. I remember when we were talking about it. And then they pulled him that game, and he has never come as close as he did that first game back as he is out yet again for another knee injury. But um, St. Brown, the wide receiver, is doubtful. So he looks to be... A no-go for the wide receiving core. Not the main... not the main target, obviously, but one of the contributors. And now you have Randall Cobb out for the year with a core muscle surgery. So you're losing wide receivers here. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he is actually questionable. So you have one wide receiver who is doubtful. The other one is questionable. So that basically leaves Devontae Adams um, and Alan Lazard there uh, as wide receiver primary targets who are definitely good to go. Flip it over to the Ravens. And now the Ravens have two doubtfuls, and that is Ben Powell. Powers, the offensive guard, and Khalees Campbell on the defensive side of the ball uh, with a knee injury. Now, obviously the biggest name on the injury list, but he has just been checked in as good to go, is quarterback Lamar Jackson. He had that ankle injury, and he was battling it all week long in practice, but he is now been stamped, approved, 100% good to go. And that's according to... Fantasy life. So I'm getting myself out of there in case all of a sudden it doesn't turn around. I just read my phone here. The internet tells me what to say, and I say it. I'm not like Ron Burgundy, but I'm kind of like Ron Burgundy in, in, in a certain regard. I, I read what my internet machine tells me to. So the Raiders and Browns, that will be the next game. And the Raiders are out. Darren Waller and Denzel Perriman. Obviously, two big. No goes as Waller continues to battle that back injury. He obviously was the number one wide receiver talent all year, especially when they lost others along the way to, uh, you know, issues, as we say. Denzel Perriman has had a monster season at linebacker, uh, at least number wise. He will be out, uh, as will cornerback Trayon Mullen. Uh, now, we'll flip it over to the Browns. Look, the Browns, this is all about the COVID status of the team. They have 20 plus players on COVID at the moment. Now, this game will not be played until Monday night at 5 o'clock, so maybe some of these players will come off. Who knows? Kareem Hunt, as a pure injury note, he is going to miss his sixth game of the season. He had another ankle injury, so he will be out. Yeah, pardon me. And the other question mark is obviously the quarterback. The quarterback for the Browns is still up in the air because I believe as of right now, it's Nick Mullins. We all know that the first one to go down was Baker Mayfield. He contracted COVID, and then, sure enough, it was Case Keenum that was going to step up in his place, and Case Keenum, eh, no good for you, too. I should just play the sound machine because you get COVID, and so you sit out. But obviously, the hope is here that they can get these guys to offer the two negative tests. That is the current um, the current requirement for the NFL to get back on the field, is that if you test positive, you need two tests in 24 hours, 48 hours. You need two tests on two days to say negative, and then you're good to go. So that's what they're pulling for here for this Monday night game. So the Titans will be facing off against the Steelers. And right now, the big news for this game is on the Steelers' side of the ball because T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, they were are big pass rushers for the uh, for the Steelers, and they are going to be good to go. Well, Highsmith's not necessarily a, a star pass rusher. Watt, for sure. But Highsmith, uh, he had a quad injury. He's going to be good to go. They were both full participants in practice at the end of the week. As for the Titans... Uh, you know, I mean, it is what it is. You want to talk about outs of note. I, David Long Jr., who played good for the first half of the season up until his injury, I think maybe around week 
got 10. Anyway, he's out yet again. Um, maybe it was longer, but uh, and uh, Janoris Jenkins, he is also out with an ankle injury. I think that's his uh, multiple weeks in a row for him as well as I visit the injury report each week on Sunday mornings. So uh, let's flip over to oh, a shit game. I, I Let's not even talk about it. Texans at the Jaguars. Who cares? The biggest uh, player of, well, person of note that's not in this game, Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. You <laughs> provided the NFL with a year, a year full of highlights. Uh, Lowlights, but highlights. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, it, 2021 just wouldn't have been the same without Urban Meyer. Uh, but he will no longer be there. So he is a gonzo from the NFL. And I maybe he lands in college once again, but... <laughs> Again, he he really kind of roasted himself with everything in this Jacksonville tenure. So we'll see if he can ever make his way back to the college ranks. Uh, but he definitely is done with the NFL. The Cowboys-Giants, 1 o'clock game in New York. The Cowboys are going to be without offensive tackle Tyron Smith. Tony Pollard, the running back who everybody loves, wanted him to play a little bit more than Zeke because Zeke is a little banged up. And he got a foot injury last week. He will actually play today. Notification just came through, so he will suit today. The Giants, I, what do you want to know? Daniel Jones, neck out. Uh, Leonard Williams, he's got a tricep. He's questionable. Uh, Austin Johnson, another defensive lineman. He is questionable. Sterling Shepard, wide receiver. He's been questionable all fucking year. Guy played played good for a week or two and then never played again. I you know, I don't know what to do. It doesn't matter with this game. The Giants are just a, a, an absolute uh, disaster you know, a dumpster fire, if you will, of a team. And they're just trying to get out of the season at this point. Cowboys are going to go in. They're actually going to be big uh, favorites when we finally get to that game. The next injury report to check out will be another New York team. That'll be the Jets versus the Dolphins. The Jets uh, have a ton of injuries along the offensive line. Uh, Fant is doubtful uh, with a knee injury. Then you have Duvernay Tardif. He's uh, Tardif, however you pronounce it, ankle injury. He is going to be questionable, as will Dan Frink. Feeney uh, with a back in- issue. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, they actually, Sheldon Rankins is questionable with a knee injury. So um, a lot of uh, question marks there for the Jets as they fly down to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Dolphins, nothing really of note. And that'll leave the last game that we have yet to talk about. And that is the NFC South battle of the Saints and Buccaneers. This is to be played in Tampa Bay. And right now, I mean, COVID right now has hit the Saints pretty hard as it took their head coach. Sean Payton will be out. He tested positive for COVID-19. This is actually an interesting storyline because as of right now, me personally, I have not heard too many people getting COVID twice. Uh, I mean, personally, in in my realm, I haven't heard of anybody getting COVID twice. Uh, Publicly, I have not heard of anybody getting COVID twice. Sean Payton tested positive last year for COVID-19. So he would be, as far as I know, one, if not the only high-status individual that had contracted the virus twice. And so it will be interesting to hear after the fact um, what is the case or if he even talks about it, if he felt bad, if he didn't feel bad, if he was completely asymptomatic and tested positive. Um, I I mean, look, you're trying to get real-time data in this pandemic, and this case obviously ends up being kind of significant because you'd like to hear what the situation is, right? I mean, everybody's dealing with it once. Nobody really knows what's going to go down the line. People think it's going to become endemic like the flu, and if that was the case, then this would be the first kind of flu-type situation because as of last year, he wouldn't have had the he wouldn't have had the vaccine. Didn't exist, right? So um, at, well, actually, I shouldn't say that because I, I don't know if it was in the beginning of 2021. No, it, no way. He, he didn't have the vaccine last year. I, I have a better memory than that. So uh, Sean Payton here is going to be out uh, with COVID-19. Two other big injuries of note are along the offensive line for the Saints because they are going to be without both of their starting tackles. Ramchek is out. Armstead is out. So those two guys both get the no-go for the Saints, which means that the Saints are going to have Taysen Hill going behind two uh, backup tackles for a game against the Buccaneers, who are, you know, I mean, look, they've had a phenomenal season. They had a guy... 
take away those couple of games, especially that Washington football team off their bye, you know, I mean, you're talking a team that probably could have, you know, one loss, maybe. I, you know, I, they just had a really good year to this point. Probably the most well-rounded game, if you will. That's one of, uh, I try to do a couple of games on ColorCast here and there just for the fun of it and just to give myself something to do. Uh, and I know that they have been pumping up that app and, and adding to it. And one of the things that they currently have been uh, distributing throughout the app are hot takes. And, you know, they throw a question up there and they try to see what kind of juice they can get by people answering it and who votes, uh, you know, who listens and then who votes or whatever. And I think that that was one of the most current hot takes was the... Um, was who is the most complete NFL team. So I actually, I, I think I, I submitted one. Actually, it was the uh, most unbreakable record in sports, in which case I ended up doing, uh, I, I did the, I think it was the 85 season. Uh, I should know it because I, I, I always keep track of it. But the 85-86 season, uh, Wayne Gretzky points in a season. I 215, 216, um, one of the two. I mean, it's just, it'll never be touched again. It, it's, I'm getting off of football right now. If you want to look through stats, you want to look through some crazy shit, look at all of Wayne Gretzky's stats and then look at that 85-86 season. He had like 160-something assists, which, I mean, are not... It's never even going to be touched again. It's not even going to be touched again. It And Gretzky's ownership of top seasons in hockey is... I mean, hockey records, especially assists, is phenomenal. I think for... Assists, he owns seasons 1 through 12 in assists or 1 through 10. I, I mean, it's crazy. Go on a, a pro hockey a database, a reference, and you can look at it yourself. But um, I digress. One point I was trying to make was that the uh, ColorCast had been doing hot takes, and one of them was what the most complete team in the NFL was. And I would probably give that nod to the Buccaneers at this point because, I mean, there's a couple. I mean, the Chiefs, but the Chiefs really don't have offense. Uh, I mean, they they have tons of offense. They well, I shouldn't say they have tons of offense. It looks like they had tons of offense at the end of last week's game, but not earlier in the game. Um, but two complete teams, you know, Patriots maybe, but their offense was still skeptical with Mac Jones. Charger uh, Chiefs don't have the defense. They have the offense, but not the defense. Uh, I mean, where else do you go here? You go the, the Cardinals question marks on the offense without DeAndre Hopkins and Murray being banged up as they were. So I think it comes back to the Bucks. You know, I guess you could go to the Packers, but I think that the Buccaneers, fully healthy, have a better defense than the Packers do. So I would go with the Buccaneers there. And I, you know, the Rams again, they're a nine and four team. They could be ten and four here. And there's been some question marks on the offense because much like Arizona and Kansas City, they were much more effective earlier in the season than they were late. So I think if you're looking at the two top teams, uh, all-around teams, I would think that it would be Buccaneers and Packers. But that's just off my head uh, talking about this color cast uh, app. And the reason I brought that up was because we were just talking about Saints and Buccaneers, and the Buccaneers were... um, uh, whatever, a top team all around. And they're facing off against the Saints today in Tampa Bay. So there you go with all of the updates. There you go with the playoff uh, recap. And so now we will rip through the picks for the week. Third down. And we will start in New York. And get some. Come get some. It's this girl who's on the radio. She owns a dealership, I guess, for I forget what brand. However, her uh, her commercial on the air always ends with, hey, come get some. Come on down and come get some. And for whatever reason, as I vamp there and try to uh, <laughs> extend it by bringing that uh just drawing out my voice for some reason, I all of a sudden thought of that commercial. But we're going to uh, New York. So the Giants are facing off against the Cowboys, and right now the Cowboys are a road favorite here at 11.5. Sharps in on the Giants. The tickets and the money are in on the Cowboys. Tickets 62%, money 79%. I am going to take the Cowboys here. The 11.5 are a lot of points. I actually picked the Giants uh, originally, and then I flipped it, I crossed it out, and I ended up going with the Cowboys. I just have no faith in New York or anything that they're putting together right now.
right now. They come up with just ways to lose. 11.5 points is a lot of points. And the Cowboys haven't been uh, very stout on either side of the ball here. But I think it could be one of those games that the Giants just implode. Micah Parsons could have a field day here against a Giants offense and Giants offensive line that just has done nothing right all year long. A real question here is, are, is their offense going to be able to score the points to get this cover? Because they have not, for the past five, six weeks, been um, you know firing on all cylinders. <laughs> Cliche monster, um, but they, uh, you know, and, and so if they can put things together in this game, they could get the 11 and a half, and that's what I'm feeling. So I ended up going with the Cowboys. My brother is on the opposite side. He likes the Giants getting all those points. Over under in this game is 44 and a half. That actually is going to be one of my brother's. <laughs> Overs, he is going to take that as one of his spread picks, uh, one of his uh, total picks for the week. He is going over 44.5 for the Cowboys and the Giants. The Steelers are going to play host to the Titans. So Tennessee is going to have to go in there to Heinz Field and see if they can beat the Steelers as a road dog. Currently, Steelers, one-and-a-half point favorites at home. The Sharps are in on the Steelers, but everybody else is on the Titans. 58% of the tickets, 65% of the money are both on the Titans. Over-under is 43-and-a-half. I ended up taking the Steelers in this one, and it was one of my best picks. Uh, My top five picks, I took the Steelers because I just think that here at home, granted that they have not looked good in prior weeks. They only got into a Charger game because the Chargers made some shit box calls, which the Chargers did once again on Thursday night. And then the um, the other game, um, what was the other? They, they were out of that Minnesota game and then came back in the second half because Minnesota, I don't know what the hell happened. I You know, that, that's just Zimmer and that Minnesota Viking team. They're just not good. They have potential, but they never put it together, and it's just a frustrating team to try to watch and gamble against. But anyway, Minnesota was up huge. Three scores. And then all of a sudden, the Steelers came back in that one late, late, late and almost tied it up. Well, they wouldn't need a two-point conversion, I'm not mistaken, but they almost tied it up with the throw to the tight end. Um, Farnberth, uh, uh, the rookie at uh, Notre Dame, right, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in the back of the end zone, but he dropped it. So anyway, the Steelers now return home. The Titans, I just haven't had faith in in this one, so I ended up picking the Steelers to win at home by the one and a half. My brother is on the opposite side. He locked in the Titans as one of his top five picks. So, Eggy Brothers on opposite sides, both with our first best bets of the day. And if I had not mentioned it, I will mention it here. 43 and a half is the over-under for Steelers-Titans. Dolphins are going to be hosting the Jets down in South Florida. Dolphins are a nine and a half point favorite. The over/under in this is forty-two points. Right now, the Dolphins are a trifecta bet here with the sharps, tickets, and money all in on the Dolphins. Money is the stat of note. Eighty-four percent of the money currently on Miami in this one. I ended up taking Miami as well. I have no faith in the Jets. We talked about the injury report. Their offensive line is quite banged up. So I also have question marks of whether or not Taylor or Wilson, Zach Wilson, who is, you know, uh, he the best thing that was said about him was in the last game when he still didn't play well, but the coach said, ah, you know, this was the best time. He, this was the week that he put the most things together. Not a very reassuring comment from your coach, but uh, that's what Salah said of uh, Wilson, and so I'm not I'm not jumping in on this. I know nine and a half points is a lot of points, but I am going to take the Dolphins in that one. My brother op- is going to be on the opposite end. He's going to take the Jets and that big spread. Nine and a half is a lot of points. And I mean, Tua, I have not been a fan. I have knocked him all year long. He's played a couple of good games. He, uh, he's not mind-blowing when you watch him play, but he has been getting it done. So you you ultimately got to take your pedal off the metal here when what you're saying isn't validated by what happens on the field. Uh, I still wouldn't pick him up on my quarterback, but he's playing better as of late, and I think it should be enough to get to 9.5. Eggy Brothers on opposite ends of the Dolphins-Jets. 
Jaguars, Texans, Jaguars home favorite here by five points, believe it or not. And the money is all over the Jaguars at 87%. There is nothing else in. Uh, The tickets are at 50-50, and the Sharps did not take an angle on this one. The over-under is 40 points. Uh, I am taking the Jaguars, and it is one of my best bets. Why am I doing the Jaguars as a best bet? Because uh, a lot of gambling podcasts have talked about this. Gambling shows have talked about this. Uh, It's been talked about quite a bit. But when you ultimately lose a coach, you usually get a one-game pop going in your favor. And so I am going with the Jaguars getting rid of the cancer that was Urban Meyer and then having the team rally behind uh, their squad today and notch that win. My brother is on the opposite side. He is going to lock in the Texans as his second best bet. So we had two games so far that we both hopped in on best bets. We're on the opposite sides of either. Steelers-Titans, we are on the opposite sides, and we are on the opposite sides of the Jacksonville-Houston game here. Cardinals are going to be traveling into Detroit, facing off against the Lions. A monster road favorite. They have 12.5 points in favor of them in the spread. The over-under is 48.5 points. Right now, the Sharps, tickets, and money all on the Cardinals. It's trifecta, baby. 66 is the both the ticket and the money percentage total. So Cardinals are uh, very steady there. 12.5 points is a lot. I almost went with the Steelers here. If I didn't mention the over-under, I think I did. 48.5 is the over-under. I'm uh, pretty sure I did, so that's a little redundancy there. But now you know what the over-under is, and it's because I'm going to say it a fifth time at 48.5 points. Cardinals here, 12.5 points. Didn't scare me or my brother off. We both ended up taking the Cardinals and that big spread. I really wanted to go with the Lions. I did. I've gone with them so many times, and I've crapped out on uh, on them as of recently, and I think there was one game for sure I know that it blew up, and I should have went with them when I wanted to, but here, I I don't know. It's just the Lions have really nothing going for them. Swift's out again. The Cardinals, I mean, without DeAndre Hopkins, this is the adjustment, but you get a couple of games now here where... Uh, Murray is back, and I think this might be the game that they can run it a little bit. Question marks with Connor, but you get Chase Edmonds back, so you get a little bit more variety and options in the backfield. Um, Put it all together. I wanted to go with the Lions. I didn't. So both Eggy boys in on the Cardinals for that game. And then the final 1 o'clock game left to talk about is the lowly Panthers and Matt Rule, who just have not had a good year and has looked even worse as they ended up trading ultimately for Sam Darnold. And then when he got injured, they couldn't even go with P.J. Walker, who they grabbed off the XFL scrap heap two years ago. And they ended up bringing on the... On the fly, they brought in Cam Newton, who has looked absolutely horrific in in his play. In the couple of games that he came in there, he has simply not looked good, and it just looks terrible for a head coach who's in his second year to botch this quarterback situation so badly when, in all likelihood, he probably should have just stuck with Teddy Bridgewater. Now, I don't know ultimately what his uh, you know long-term endgame is, but if it's just to randomly rotate quarterbacks, unfortunately, in the NFL. That doesn't work, motherfucker. So they have had a shit season, if you ask me. And now they will travel into Buffalo to face off against the Bills. The Bills are a 14-point favorite there in Orchard Park, and the over-under is 44 points. So the tickets are in on the Bills at a tune of 76%. The money, not so much. Only 53 for the money. So a little bit tighter when you're coming to what the pool percentage is. But didn't matter matter to my brother. He picked the Bills and he locked that sucker in for his third best bet of the day. I ended up picking the Bills. It is not one of my best bets. Uh, I I just did not, uh, I did not feel comfortable enough with the 14 points um, there, but I did pick them enough to win. So uh, 44 is the over under. Eggy boys in on the Bills. My brother in on the Bills as a best bet. That takes us over to the 4 o'clock games. And the 4 o'clock games will begin with the Bengals traveling to Denver and being a f- underdog here. Uh, Bronco is going to be the three-point favorite in Denver. Uh, I and my brother both picked the Bengals in this one. For me, it is... 
one of my best bets. I just like the Bengal team better. I'm sorry. Uh, from front to back, I just like the Bengal team better. So I am going to go with them, and I'm going to lock it in. And I feel like kind of a schmuck when I do it because I am with the tickets, and the tickets only. The Sharps and the money are on the Broncos. The money is in on the Broncos at 67%. As for the tickets, they are on the Bengals at 67%. So I am going with the Joes and making one of my best bets a Joes pick. And I hate that shit, but that's where it is. My brother also went with the Bengals. As for the over-under, it is 44.5. And and my brother took that and locked that as an under. So he's looking for a low-scoring event here with the Bengals and the Broncos. The next game up is the 49ers hosting the Falcons. 9.5 points is the spread in favor of the hometown 49ers. 47.5 is the over-under. The Sharps are in on the 49ers, as are the tickets and the money. 62% of the tickets, 66% of the money is going with the 49ers, as am I. I will be picking San Francisco in this one. My brother Brother on the opposite end, he is going to be going with Atlanta and that big almost 10-point spread. So the from San Francisco, we will travel to the other coast and we will go to Baltimore. Now this game, obviously, we talked about was crazy because uh, obviously Lamar Smith, the biggest name of the bunch, was questionable all week with an ankle injury. And now it looks like they lost Jimmy Smith in their secondary to COVID, tested positive this morning. So this spread actually went from 7 to 9 almost instantaneously when that came through. So right now, the Sharps have, uh, well, let me check on this because I will say that earlier when I did all of the stats, the Sharps were in on the Ravens and 81% of the tickets and 83% of the money were in on the Packers. And let's go to the Action Network app where I ripped these stats from and see if they have uh, changed since that injury. I know the line went up from 7 to 9. I just don't know about the actual stats, and it looks like the Action Network app is locked up currently, so who the hell knows what's going on with the NFL. I, If I had a TV going, I probably could follow, but I've been more focused on getting through our, our picks here, so I'm unsure as to where the numbers have went since the uh, Smith COVID designation, but I will say that the stat, the line was nine in favor of the Packers, and it was heavy money and heavy tickets for Green Bay before that happened. Um, I don't know if that affected it otherwise. The Sharps would be the only one I question if they would stick with the Ravens. As for me and my brother, I picked the Packers as one of my best bets, and my brother picked the Packers as one of his best bets. So the two of us on the same side of this one, both picking Green Bay here. Nobody has anything in regard to the over-under, which was 44 and a half um, when last time I had checked. Year-to-date results. Bice, what are you doing? There is no year-to-date results. Get out of here, Greg. We love you, but you can't just come jumping in here because we haven't uh, we haven't touted your year-to-date results uh, drop any time in the past uh, you know, 15 weeks. Uh, we used to do that, but it just ended up being too long. When, I, when we did first down and we did the stats originally, then we would give you a whole second rundown of what the year-to-date results was, but it really didn't work. So anyway, that was a liner. I hadn't taken it out, and I was going for my... Whistle drop when I hit uh, Big Bice and his sounder. So, anyway, congratulations to Greg Bicewanger for making an appearance in today's show. Although he does the open, so and all all downs as well. So he makes multi appearances. So um, that was just a fuck up by me. That's all it was. Uh, here we go. So, like I was saying, the next game on the list is our Sunday night football game. Yes, it will feature the Tampa Bay Buccaneers facing off against. The New Orleans Saints in this NFC South Battle of the Ages, which it will not be of the ages because it will not even feature the Saints head coach. He's out with COVID. Uh, And also they will not be seeing their two offensive tackles as they're injured and out as well. So uh, Battle of the Ages, not so much. Uh, It could never be in a Battle of the Ages if the point spreads 11 fucking points. But anyway, it is an NFC Battle of the South. Or the NFC South battle. Whichever way you want to flip it, it's the Bucks Saints in Tampa Bay. Buccaneers favored by 11 points here. The over-under is 45 and a half. So the tickets are in on the Saints, actually, 
54%. The money is on the Bucks at 60%. And the Sharps are in on the Bucks. So that leaves the Eggy Brothers and where we're going to go with this one. So my brother, he immediately went over to the Buccaneers. And I went over to the Saints. Yes, it's 11 points. Yes, they have no head coach. Yes, they have no offensive tackles. They do have Alvin Kamara and the Buccaneers haven't really covered... Uh, you know, all year, I mean, they scored a bunch of points, but they haven't hit a lot of their covers. I don't have the total uh, wins, losses versus the spread up on me. However, I know that they haven't covered all that much. Um, and on top of that, they had the two losses after they came back from by. Now, they could be dialing it up here, but, you know, you do have some injuries for them in the secondary. Uh, you have a couple of questionables there uh, with, who was it? It was, uh, oh, let me flip. It's uh, Whitehead was one, and I think there was another one on the list that I saw. They've been banged up in that secondary all year. Uh, but Antoine Winfield, the safety, and Jordan Whitehead, both questionable with an ankle and a calf injury. And like we uh, uh, Leonard Fournette is a questionable with an ankle injury as well. So uh, Fournette, who has been a big addition for their offense, especially in light of Ronald Jones stinking uh, and going downhill after he was drafted, he might have to sit out. So Ronald Jones might have to get the go here. But with the injuries for the Bucks, uh, I am going to go and Alvin Kamara on the other side of the ball. I'm going to take the Saints here and the 11 points. My brother does not care. The Saints, too many injuries, no head coach. Forget about it. This team is going to be a wreck come Sunday Night Football. So give this one to the Bucks and the 11 points. So then that will bring us to our Monday Night Football game. And this game will feature the legendary match of the Vikings versus the Bears. Not legendary at all. The Bears are fucking terrible. It's tough to build these games up, right? I don't know how they try to do it on the actual broadcast because, I mean, talk about the Bears. Who cares? Although, you know, some of these night games have been okay, um, especially throughout the year. If you think about it, the Thursday night schedule actually has produced a lot of good football games, oddly enough. But the Monday night football game is going to be the Vikings, who in all likelihood will open up a three-score lead in this one, and then the Bears will claw back to either win the game or at least cover uh, the six and a half points. But as it is right now, Vikings are the road favorite. Six and a half points in favor of Minnesota. 44 and a half is the over-under. The Sharps are in on the Bears. The tickets and the money currently are all over the Vikings. 68% of the tickets, 74% of the money. My brother and I both took Minnesota in this game. I thought about the Bears. I thought about the six and a half. Um, the fact that the, you know it makes it a sharp game. So obviously the Sharps have performed pretty well this year. Uh, the yearly total, even factoring in last week, they're still ahead of everybody else. So the Sharps have been the best bet, uh, if you will. I They don't win all the time, obviously, but I think they, last I checked, they were at about 50%. So here, you know, the Bears, they could get the backdoor cover here. They're at home. Uh, Fields can, you know, throw some yardage, make some things happen with his feet, but I don't know. I mean, the Vikings minus the fact that they let teams back in it, and let's just go back to Thursday night football, of which they've also had a huge break here from Thursday night to Monday night football. That's, I mean, colossal uh, time here for them to get their shit together. So, uh, but anyway, the Vikings that Thursday night, they were up big and they let the Steelers in. So the question becomes, is it something similar going to happen here against uh, Chicago? We will have to see. But anyway, my brother and I both took the Vikings here and the six and a half points. So there are two games on Monday night, but the next one is not Monday night football. It is just a Monday afternoon game, five o'clock. Browns facing off against the Raiders. The Browns are going to be favored by three points in this game. Crazy. I guess they must be expecting that somebody is going to come in here and play quarterback for them, and it's not going to be Nick Mullins for them to be the favorite at home without a quarterback of note. So right now, Browns favored by three over under 41. The Sharps are in on the Browns. The tickets and the money are on the Raiders. The tickets are only barely at 52%, but the money is at 67% for the Raiders. I am taking the Raiders. My brother is taking the Browns. Again, I think that this game all comes down to who plays quarterback for Cleveland, because if they can get Baker Mayfield in there, I, I probably would swing toward the Raiders, but you got to make do with the information that you have. So as of right now, I am taking the Raiders, and my brother is going to take the Browns. So then we have two Tuesday night games. 
We're done with our Monday afternoon and then our Monday night football game. So now we go to our two pushed back COVID Tuesday games. These games both going off at 7 o'clock head-to-head. We will start in Philadelphia where the Eagles are taking on the Washington football team. Eagles favored by 6.5 points. Right now the Sharps have not taken a lean. The tickets and the money are both in on the Eagles. 76% of the tickets, 98% of the money. Big, big numbers for Philadelphia. Plus... Lock it in for the Eggy brothers. We're both taking the Eagles in this one. so And they're both going to be our best bets. So there you go. That is the final best bet from both of us. And that is Philadelphia over Washington here. Over under 42 and a half. Or 42. And that is all she wrote from the city of brotherly love. And the final game will be on the other coast. We're going to go from Philadelphia to Los Angeles and the city of brotherly love to the city of angels where the Rams will be facing off against the Seahawks. Six and a half points is the spread in favor of the hometown Rams. The Sharps are going to have the Rams as are the tickets and the money. The tickets are in 74% on Los Angeles, 83% for the money pool. I am going to ultimately take the Rams in this one. My brother is going to take the Seahawks. Uh, over under 45 and a half again if I have not said that. So that wraps up everything that we've got for the the big game where we pick all of our spreads and that one we did all there in third down. So we'll keep fourth down what it always is and we will do that with our gambling. Fourth down. And so here's where it it stands. We pick super contest picks. Those are our five best bets, and I will go down those right now. So, for my picks, it will be the Steelers, the Jaguars, the Bengals, the Packers, and the Eagles. I probably don't have to throw the lock in after all those, right? As for my brother, it is going to be the Titans, Texans, Bills, Packers, and Eagles. All locked in there for his best bets. We'll head over to my brother. He is in the lead. I don't know his current total right now, but it was sitting around 3,000. We start off with 1,000, and then we see where we go from there. Uh, He is going to do the following. He put $100 on the Pats. That was no good. They ended up losing last night. He had that on the money line. Didn't matter because they were losing by 10. Uh, Any way you chalk it up, they lost, including a a tease. So the next bets that he will have will be the following. He has the Cowboys money line, Texans money line, Titans money line. He is going to package those three money line bets with the Cardinals and their point spread of 10. He's going to lock that in for 50 bucks. The payout is 647. The next bet for him will be another parlay. It will be the Bengals and the Packers money line, and he's going to combine that with two point spreads. The Falcons getting the plus eight and a half, and the Bucks giving the 11 and a half. So Bengals, Packers money line, Falcons, Bucks actual spread line. The he is going to put 50 down for that for a return of 576. He's got one tease left and that is going to be the Cowboys, Texans, Titans and Cards. So when you adjust all of the points, here is what he has. He's got the Cowboys giving five and a half, the Cardinals giving six, the Texans getting ten and a half, and the Titans getting seven and a half. Or Texans getting ten and a half, Titans getting seven and a half. I said that right. Cowboys five and a half giving, Cards six giving, Texans getting ten and a half, Titans getting seven and a half. So he's going to put a hundred down there for a three sixty, and that leaves his over under. He actually had three. I noted two. The three games total Dallas Giants over 44.5. Arizona Detroit over 47.5. Denver Cincinnati under 44. His two survivor knockout picks for his survivor, he's taking the Vikings to win this week. He is knocking out the Panthers. Uh, And so that flips it over to me. I already had given my super contest picks, so now I will go down my parlays, teasers, and all the rest. For my parlay, I only have one parlay, one teaser. My parlay, I am going to take the Steelers with one, giving giving one and a half, stuttering idiot, Steelers giving one and a half, Jags giving five, Eagles giving six and a half, and I'm going to throw 50 on that. As for my teaser, I'm going to take the 49ers, Packers, and Rams and all tease them down. I can't help it. I'm a sucker for 
the bullshit favorites, teasing them down. I'm doing it here. So I'm going to take the 49ers, tease them down to three, and the hook. Packers down from nine now to three. I liked them at six, seven. That would have brought it to one. Now i got to get it to three. So the Packers down to the three, and then the Rams down to a half a point. So 49ers three and a half, Packers three, Rams half a point. I'm going to put 100 on that, so I'm out for 150 for the week. As for my over-unders, I am going to go with Philadelphia Washington football team over the 42 points. I know that Taylor Heineke is a big question mark. If he doesn't play, um, you know, I, I... I don't know if any backup they can get will get there, but these teams have been scoring a bunch of points, so I am going to go with the over 42 um, and hope it just doesn't end up becoming just an offensive shit show for the Washington football team. My other game will be the Green Bay-Baltimore game. I'm going to go over the 44.5 there. Baltimore, that... That spread only adjusted half a point from when I had checked it before. So before that Jimmy Smith note, it was 44 points. Then all of a sudden he goes out and it's 44 and a half. But the spread adjusted two points. So I'm going to go with Green Bay, Baltimore over the 44 and a half. I think that Green Bay can score and Baltimore, they, they're going to have to score to try to keep into it. You know, and Green Bay's defense is not awesome. So I think they could probably score enough to get this game over the 44 and a half. As for my survivor and knockout picks. I am going to ultimately go with the Steelers here to win against the Titans. I'm running out of teams, so I'm, I'm going to ultimately have to take crapo teams here in the last couple of weeks. So I'm going to take the Steelers and that one and a half at home. It spreads don't matter for Survivor, but I'm going to take Pittsburgh. And then for my knockout, I am going to take the Saints. They were still available, so I will ultimately take them to get knocked out. And so there you go. That is the rundown as we literally are screaming at kickoff here at 1 o'clock. So, all the best, everybody. Enjoy your... It's not going to be your holiday, but enjoy your Sundays, and I will talk to you hopefully at least one more time before the holidays, which is next weekend. So, all the best. Get all that shopping done. Make sure to shop for your wifeys and moms and all the females. Don't forget about the kitties. And peace out. Win your bets. Enjoy. Enjoy.